Evening is a Cinema Diabolica special presentation. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. All right, DZ, tell me this. What do you think about a movie filled with witch doctors, monsters, tabongas, serial killers, sweaty mustaches, and sketchy hookers? I'd totally watch that. Uh, I think I would, too, and we did, so you don't have to, because we've got From Hell It Came and The 1980 Maniac this week on Cinema Diabolica. Broadcasting from a project studio that's more project than studio. It's Cinema Diabolica's Spooktoberfest. Prepare to have the actual piss frightened out of you. Because here comes F-13 and DZ. <laughs> Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? It's Cinema Diabolica time. Once again, it's your boy, F-13, the slow-walking shit-talking gangster of love, the noise-bringer gunslinger, the Mexican murder gorilla, monstroso delicioso, so hot they call me the burner. Bang, bang. And with me, as always, is the peanut butter to my jelly, the fly in my ointment, Mr. DZ. Hey. Yeah, that's smooth. This week, we've got From Hell It Came and the 1980 Maniac. Uh, 1957 of all years. Yep. So this this is one of I'm trying to think. Is this one of our oldest films? Very close. Yeah, I think uh, Executing Angel might have been a little older, but uh, mm. yeah, from 57, it's definitely one of the earliest, if not the earliest. Uh, let's see. Uh, as far as the director goes, it looks like his Dan Milner. Dan Milner. It looks like the majority of his his uh his stuff is as an editor. 44 credits as an editor. And only three credits as a director. Okay. Yeah. From 10,000 Leagues, The Fighting Coward, and From Hell It Came. Huh. Well, there you go, I suppose. Well, this this sure is a movie. You know, it always interests me when someone who didn't really make any kind of a, a splash as a director or just whatever it is that they do, their work becomes very well known. It's interesting to think that, you know, this guy could have made more interesting films and or had a career as a director had he had the right kind of connections or guidance or whatever. But it was not to be, sadly. Well, I don't know. I mean, he he was an editor for 44 films. So I'm wondering if, you know, the, his storytelling, you know, niche was within that. Um, you know, you, you come across that where it's like they discover, you know what, maybe I'm not cut out to be a director. There's a lot of fucking cats that you have to wrangle. Uh, but editing, editing, I can just be in my room alone mm -hmm. and I can put the story together any way I want. I mean, you make a good point. I'm quitting Cinema Diabolica and becoming a film editor. Um, this might, this that's is a, that's this, a jump. This is up for the greatest IMDb uh, uh, short subject that I've ever seen. The, uh, the IMDb style uh, synopsis reads A wrongfully accused South Seas prince is executed and returns as a walking tree stump. Yep. And that's more I mean, or less what happens. Yeah, it is. And they're scientists. It should have in there. And they're scientists. That would be like all my IMDb reviews. It would be blah, 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 this, some scientists or some sweaty hookers. Mm -hmm. Iron Man 1, asshole invent stuff. And a suit. And a suit. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, South Seas Prince wrongly convicted of murder and executed by having a knife driven into his heart. Holy shit. That is a serious-ass country. They are not fucking around. They found him guilty and took his ass out there. Yep, tied him to the ground, and we're like, you know, we're going to put this knife in your heart, but, but I'm not the bad guy. This movie, oh. 
there's some interesting things going on. You've got the scientists who are coming in to study um, the effects of possible fallout because they've done some nuclear testing nearby on the, uh, the populace. It turns out that they're clean. They're okay. But they're suffering from some sort of plague that they can't seem to get them because of superstition <laughs> or, you know, culture, cultural differences mm-hmm. uh, to do anything about. And um, so you've got this witch doctor who's like, this is my chance to take power. And he ends up killing this prince. Hmm. Interesting. And it's it's an interest. It's an interesting, I, I, you know, it, there are certain stories that people come across, like, for example, um uh, Wes Craven came across stories about kids dying from being scared from nightmares. And then that's how Freddy Krueger was born. Right. So I'm wondering if some, someone came across this ritual, which this ritual is so bizarre. It's like, we are going to kill you and then we're going to put you in a tree stump and then bury you. <laughs> and, then, and then we have to make sure that your roots are buried very far. So you can't come back to get revenge. It's like, well, why are you burying them in a tree? If it's going to result in them potentially getting revenge, and it's a interesting custom. Yeah, I would but say you, that uh, it's it's more of a, uh, a, a a treatise on foreigners and their hatred of Americans. They hate us because of our freedom, or they hate us because of our science. Now, something of note though that it's the female scientist who has these weird formulas, formula X four four two, for example, who wants to actually do the experimentation. She wants to try these things out. And um, it's her boyfriend who was like, no, they, they have a different culture here. They don't trust us. You know, let's, you know, he's kind of like the voice of reason. Uh, and she's like, well, I want to do some experiments. So God damn it. Let's do some experiments. See, I see what this is a cautionary tale of then don't let women do science because you see what happens when you let women do sciencing. So there's another woman killed by, this. you'll get killed um, by a witch doctor. Oh yeah. Don't get killed by a witch doctor. Your ass will come back as a tree. And then it turns out that maybe the fallout did help the monster, but then the witch doctor talks like, no, they cut the roots. <laughs> it's so confusing as to, is there actually witchcraft going on here? Or did the nuclear, you know, the, the uh, radiation maybe help out a little? What was going on with her? They, they also so quickly go, hey, we've got this monster. We might as well experiment on it. <laughs> Well, usually in these kind of 50s monster movies, these Atomic Age movies, the, mo- the movie will start, there'll be some cautionary tale shit, the monster runs amok, and then somewhere in the middle, there'll be some, like, military scientist or general who kind of does a half-assed explanation, and then it's right back into the shits. Here it was just like, I'm going to confuse the shit out of you, and then we'll go back to the movie. And it's like, well, uh, I wish you hadn't. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know what the moral is at all of this movie, because in one hand, it's saying something about, well, superstition prevents progress, so to speak. And then it's like, but science kind of messed with things and made the superstition worse. And but wait, which is worse, though, in the long run? What's the moral? So no one really island cultures alone. I, I can agree with that statement. Uh, lest you get killed by a witch doctor and stuffed into a stump. Listen, there was really no one in this movie worthy of investigating, so I looked up Paul Blaisdell. Bl- Paul Blaisdell was the creature creator, known for his visual effects stuff. Listen to this filmography. Did effects on The Beast of the Million Eyes, Roger Corman film, mm-hmm. The Day the World Ended, It Conquered mm-hmm. the World, The She-Creature, Voodoo Women, Not of This Earth, Invasion of the Saucer Men, It, The Terror from Beyond Space, Earth yes. versus the Spider, T-1000, 
Teenagers from Outer Space. And uh, it says here, in 1959, his last film was The Ghost of Drag Strip Hollow. 90% of those films have been covered on MST3K. Yes. Truly a testament to the man's greatness. Interestingly enough, uh, the gentleman died of stomach cancer at the age of 55 in Topanga, California. <laughs> so, yeah, from hell it came. Great movie. I enjoyed the shit out of it. Very unique amongst those Atomic Age monster movies, uh, you know, of its ilk. Um, I would say better than a lot of them, maybe even most of them. Um, but unfortunately, it's one of those situations like with uh, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets or Planet of a Thousand Cities or whatever that shit was. If that movie had come out uh, at the start time of Star Wars, that's the movie that we all would have fell in love with. But when we because we saw it when we did, we've seen all this shit already. Like, this isn't new anymore. Even though all the movies we love were inspired by Valerian, it's just too late. Yeah, we've encountered this also with um, A Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, unfortunately, it doesn't end up working out for you. I would recommend from Hell It Came over 90% of the other, you know, Atomic Age monster movies that I've seen. But I've seen them already. So, it, you know, it's just kind of to someone new, to my child, I will show from Hell It Came first. Ooh. See, now that would be an appropriate use of a time machine. <laughs> you, just, you just take these movies uh, to, you know, to your childhood self and be like, hey, kid. You really want to see some shit? Here's from Hell It Came. Yeah. I would go up to my little self at the video age in Hayward, California, and snatch Earth versus the Spider out of my hand and go, nah, kid, watch this, see? Eh? And then I go, why are you doing that impression? It's terrible. And then wander off. <laughs> it's like, I, this strange man. Oh, okay, so one another little line pull. I just saw Tabanga. How do you know it was Tabanga? Because it looked like a tree and had hands. <laughs> That kind you know of what? You're sizes right. up this movie. See, if I was in that movie, I just saw Tabonga. Well, how did you know it was Tabonga? Oh, you know what? You're right. It might have been one of the other walking trees. Right. Fair oh, enough. You know what? If if I were a walking tree, now see, if I were Tabonga, you're a tree. So you've, you're moving slow because you're a fucking heavy-ass tree. My finishing move would be, I'm going to grab you and just fall down. Just plop right on top of you. See, my uh, my defense mechanism would be when they say, there's Tabonga, get him. I go, oh, yeah, of course. You see a walking tree, and of course, I'm Tabonga. This is ra this is racial profiling. <laughs> and then and if it was now, that might work. But back then, they'd be like, shut up, Barky. Pa, 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 it's like, pa, what are you pa, even pa. talking about? <laughs> and just so everyone's clear, I said Barky. Barky. Um, oh, so another thing, too, is the geography uh, doesn't really exist on, in this. But they keep – they do this over – explanation um uh every time they talk it's like well you should take that to the quicksand that's on the other side of the island it's like well how many other quicksand options are there on this island it's like no you must go over to that science place that's on the other side of the island to the right no not not, not towards the quicksand to no, the no, right not this, that science place that science place we have too many science options on this island <sighs> i think it would have you know what i want to rewatch this with a group so I enjoyed it enough, definitely. But I think with the group, it would be like, what is going on, man? Ooh, you know what? Maybe bring it to a bunch of hippies. Huh? Oh, tree huggers. I get it. <laughs> tree huggers. You know, oh, actually, yeah. Oh, there's so many divisions oh. now. 
Oh, you're so funny. Oh, my goodness. What about the guys who um, fuck trees? Okay, anyway, uh, how about a rating? I would definitely, from Hell It Came, a 75%, probably an 85%, now that I'm thinking. I'd give it an 85% out of 100. Um, is That's a tomato meter, right? Mm-hmm, on the tomato meter. Let's see, on the Metacritic score, I'd probably give it a 3.5. Mm-hmm. Eight and a half hard dicks. Uh, Two tulips and a moon cup. Oh, my favorite. And that's uh, that's from Hell It Came. We'll be right back with Maniac. You're listening to Cinema Diabolica. Number one with a bullet. You're listening to Cinema Diabolica, number one with a bullet. All right. Listen to me now. God damn it. This is interesting. When you look up Maniac on uh, on, uh, on Wikipedia, there's a list at the disambiguation page. You have Maniac, 1934 film, a black and white exploitation directed by Dwayne Esper uh, as a loose adaption of the Black Cat, the Poe story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maniac, 1963 film, a psychological thriller directed by Michael Carreras, uh, produced by Hammer Films. Interesting. Uh, also a slasher, or not a, a murder, murder film. Uh, Maniac. It's a, mur- it's a murder film. 1980, American psychological slasher directed by William, William Lustig, uh, uh, starring Joe Spinelli as the lead Frank Zito. Um, and then Maniac, 2011 film, uh, Directed by Shia LaBeouf, uh, starring American rapper Kid Cudi and Cage uh, as French-speaking serial killers. And then Maniac, the 2012 film, a psychological slasher uh, directed by Frank Calhoun, starring Elijah Wood and is a remake of the 1980 film. And then Ransom, a.k.a. Maniac, the 1977 film starring who? Old Barrel Chest himself, Oliver Reed. Uh, 1980 <laughs> slasher, uh, psychological slasher, directed by William Lustig. William Lustig, by the way, uh, interesting. Uh, he's got a short filmography. In 1977, he directed Hot Honey and The Violation of Claudia, uh, credited as Billy Bag. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> uh, 1980, we've got Maniac. In 1983, we've got Vigilante, which was a great fucking movie. Uh, Fred Williamson, always a good time. Uh, 1988, we've got Maniac Cop. I mean, that's a genre favorite. Uh, 1989, we've got Hit List and Relentless. And then from then on, it's just kind of a uh, Maniac Cop 2, Maniac Cop 3, and then The Expert in 1995 with Jeff Speakman and Uncle Sam in 1996. Joe Spinell? Mm Mm-hmm. How perfect was he for this role? I really believed him as a greasy creep. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting, too, is, okay... So, you know, these films about serial killers who are born from these really troubling situations because, you know, his whole reason, his background is, you know, they play out as, you know, he was abused and his mother apparently was a prostitute and he probably saw some shit that he shouldn't have seen, which I think they're riffing on um, Manson in many ways with this. 
where you know the damaged psyche of someone who grew up under you know awful circumstances you know it's it'll it'll be interesting um when we go around to cover the new elijah wood version of this um because back in the day i mean there how do you judge you know a killer like this you know it's clearly he's got issues and when you see that room see the reason why i bring this up is if you look at his room it tells so much of a story it's right. a great set piece it's so freaking perfect I mean, I feel like, I mean, you listeners, you've heard me say this many, many times before, but Maniac is one of those films that exists as a time capsule of New York City at a time that, uh, well, clearly no longer exists, but at a time that was very unique, a very kind of wild, wild west, like uh, society, civilization had pretty much abandoned New York and just kind of left it as like, yeah, just do whatever. We're not messing with you. Um there are prostitutes, pimps, drug dealers, uh, criminals, just everything running wild at all times. And I, I don't know. I just I, I really, really like it. It speaks to me. And uh, I mean, this movie starts out pretty much the same as a lot of the uh, slashers that we've watched, specifically the very first one we ever covered with a lot of. <sighs> <sighs> and I. I felt it was it it, it was uh, uh, useful. He cleans up after a kill, leaves, goes and meets up with a prostitute, and kind of you know starts the whole process again. Yeah, he um he kind of escalates pretty quickly. But what's also interesting to note is that when he encounters the photographer, it's this interesting shift in his personality. Um, but he's still got those those tendencies. You know, he can right. ne- he'll never he'll never really ever fit in. <laughs> There's no you know once you've gone to murder, especially when it's it's this driving force in your personality. Right. When you're, you know, you're never going back. When you're um, compelled to murder, no matter how much you want to try and escape that life and maybe live a normal life, it, you you get that taste of a normal life. But yeah, the the compulsion still exists. Almost an art house uh, movie. Just how gra- oh, it's. It, it, I I really like it, and it's really kind of hard to you know speak about it to clarify you know, my thoughts on it because it's just it is a good film, you know, right. and it is not it's very your, visual. It's not a it's not a slasher at all. I think it's it's definitely a character study. I think it's got enough of those elements. Right. I think Spinell does a fantastic job, you know, in this. And then there's also Carolyn Monroe, who is just gorgeous. And she's been in a ton of stuff that we've, you know, that are fan favorites, oh, especially yeah. the Sinbad movies. Right. You're definitely right. It's a character study. It reminded me a, a little bit in that way of, uh, the last Mad Max movie, the uh, the Fury Road, in that there was not too much uh, backstory, there was not too much uh, dialogue even throughout the film. It really is just kind of like a visual character study. And I mean, as far as like script wise, there's not too much that goes on in the movie. He becomes a serial killer who murders young women, attaches their scalped uh, scalps to mannequins, and. Then he just kind of goes and he just interacts with people and observes things. And you just see his character kind of being the character. When he meets Anna, the photographer, he starts to, you know, fall. Not only, I don't want to say fall in love with her, but he's infatuated with her and he follows her around and he uh, he be like have a normal kind of relationship with her. Um, and shit just falls apart where he starts to like feel weird about his former victims. He tries to attack Anna. He sees a hallucination of his mother's corpse trying to get him. Um, and then at the end of the film, it was a little. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the end, unfortunately. Well, it feels tacked on. 
Yeah, it, it, you know what? That feels a that feels very much like a Savini. By the way, Tom Savini is in this. Him and his fucking head explosions, his head trauma, you know, <laughs> infatuation. Anyway, um, Tom Savini was the one who suggested, hey, at the end of the Friday the 13th, why don't you have Jason jump out of the water? Blah, blah, blah. And then that started that whole thing. And this one, it, it feels very Tom savini It's like, well, why don't you have this happen? And blah, blah, blah. It's like, eh, it's not fulfilling. It's not a good ending. It really should have just ended with your the expense um, instead of the way it did. But so... I mean, and here's the thing. We've seen this before, wherein a an insane person spirals into madness, and you see things happening that couldn't possibly be happening. Frank runs back into his apartment, where the mannequins start to come alive. They mutilate mm-hmm. Frank with his own weapons, and, and, and at the end of their attack, tear his head off. Okay? That clearly didn't actually happen, but that was going on in his head. So the next morning, two... Uh, cops break into Frank's apartment and see him lying dead, apparently having committed suicide. But then as they leave, his eyes pop open. And I was like, ah, that was kind of a cheap ending. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would have been fine with, you know, them <clears throat> basically just without his eyes opening. It could have just cut. They're like, oh, he's dead. You know, right. In a way, it's almost like uh there's an element of where the people who were killed, their family is not aren't going to have the satisfaction of a trial or anything like that. It's like, but he took his own life, and that was really probably for the best um, in the but long I mean, run. Really, that's the end of Frank Zito's story, and that would have been enough. At the peak of his mania, he he killed himself, imagining that his his mannequins were killing him as like yeah. an extension of his guilt and you know how he feels about who he is and uh, and what he's done. And that would have been fine, but we had to kind of get the horror movie, the kind of trite horror movie ending kind of tacked yeah. on at the end there. And it doesn't ruin the movie by any stretch of the no. imagination. And um, spoiler alert, I'm going to be giving this one a very high rating. Yeah, I'm. if, if you haven't gathered yet, I'm, uh, I'm sure you're probably guessing that we really like this. Um, it's sleazy. And it's not just the sleaze. The sleaze fits. The sleaze, you know, is sort of endemic of the character. It's, you know, it's not just, you know, the environment that he's in. It's also a part of him. You know, there's a bathroom attack in this movie. And that was just like the skeeziest part, too, because, you know, those are very vulnerable areas um, for people to be attacked. Um yeah, it's and oh, and there's a little bit of Son of Sam element in it too, especially regarding the Tom Savini segment. Um, it, it's you know, and and also it, it plays on you know certain things that you hear about uh, you know about just how women are attacked, you know, and and how they can be approached, especially the one um, model. Um, who he takes it. And at first I was like, is he taking a trophy or, you know, what's the plan here? And it's like, he had a definite, you know, definite predatory intent with why he took that piece of jewelry. Well, and I I feel like there's a lot to be said about the fact that he would scalp his victims and then add the scalps to his mannequins. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of like, now I have you forever. Yeah. um, There's also a, a moment where we see scars on him. So it's not just that he suffered psychological trauma. There is, you know, definite, you know, oh, physical just, abuse for sure. Yeah, this was this this was a doozy. This is not necessarily an easy watch. Um, I mean, it's, either it's nowhere near as hard to watch as a lot of the films that we've covered in the past. Be it your Cannibal Holocaust, your Solo, things like that right. inside. But it is a little. It's more disturbing than those. 
it's yeah. extremely like you you it, it it's a little uncomfortable to watch because you find yourself questioning what's happening and feeling like you shouldn't be seeing this um on the bang bang scale i'll say that this movie has uh serial killers sleaze new york city in the 70s prostitutes slasherism caroline monroe useless police uh, officers and a confusing <laughs> ending for a total of 8 uh, so this scores eight on the bang bang scale. Then is that out of nine? That's out of seven. So it is Damn. phenomenally overperforming here. Maniac <laughs> is a definite watch if you've not seen it. It is a definite recommend. It is a purchase. It is a collection. It is an investigation. It's an obsession. Uh, it's everything that you want out of this kind of film. Oh, you know what I want to get you? I want to get you a Frank Zito mask. And maybe a window decal for Halloween. Fair enough. I mean, you know, we've all got our kinks. I can't fault you for any of that. <laughs> but I'd be giving them to you. Okay, I'm a little yeah, uncomfortable this, now. So uh, anyway. Good film. This uh, this is a good pick. Yeah. This, um, whoever, this is the first time I, had you watched this before? Because this is the first oh, time yeah. I've ever watched this version. You know what's really weird? I watched this movie a long time ago on Bravo. Do you remember before Bravo was nothing but uh, nothing but um, uh, uh, poker tournaments, and they actually had art films? Did they have art films? What years ago? Yes, they Man. would show art films on Bravo, and that was where I saw it. You know what I miss? Cinemax. Uh, I miss Skinemax, and I miss Billy Bob Thornton, and there was another show that I really, really liked. I don't know if it was on TBS or TNT or whatever channel that was, but that was where I first saw uh, uh, Brain Damage. But okay, we're getting off off topic now. The point what of the jazz, jazzercise on Showtime. Say. Uh, Scrambled porn. You grab a handful of dick to that one. Uh, so, Maniac. Ooh, you make it sound like you have a crowd. 1980. Like, hey, uh, phenomenal film. Definite recommend. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, next week's films are going to be a surprise, so we're not letting them uh, out of the bag just yet. And uh, that's going to do it for F13 and DZ this week. Uh, bang, bang. Enjoy. Wait, was that sweaty mustache or sweaty hookers? I mean, sweaty hooker mustache? You could go either way. <clears throat> In this day and age, you can go always.